Hello, this is Jaden Fender. We want to thank you for listening today. We would love to connect with you on social media. Now let's go into the live message. Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Short verse. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. I'm talking today on the subject God's counterpunch. God's counterpunch. Next week, the Lord will, and it can change. Sometimes the Lord changes my, my plan altogether. But next week, I want to talk about the second man in the pig pen. But today, God's counterpunch. You may be seated. Counterpunch. It's a boxing term. I'm not a big fan of boxing. I just hate to see people get beat up on, especially if it's me. But I, I'm not a big fight guy. You know, when the blood starts flowing, I'm not, I'm not too excited about that. But it's a boxing term. It's a punch thrown in return for one received. The science of a counterpunch. The opponent must be lured into throwing a harmless punch that leaves him vulnerable and open to the devastating match-ending counterpunch. Many, if not most, knockout punches are counterpunches. You very, elder, very seldom see early knockouts, but once in a while you will, but almost never is it the first punch. It's a counterpunch. You see, the art of counterpunching is one that is typically takes a long time to adequately develop. It's not just something you know how to do. You learn to do that. You learn there is a way. You know, Muhammad Ali was one of the greatest fighters there was. I liked him because of his personality. He was funny. He was lovable. Just seemed like a wonderful guy. So entertaining to watch. I, I did a little research on him, and I thought he was the most agile, the most athletic boxer there ever was. But when I read, that's not what they said. They said he was criticized for being awkward. I thought he, I thought he, you know, was just very agile. They said he was awkward for a boxer. They said he was very unorthodox. But they said he was the master of the counterpunch. Muhammad Ali, or George Foreman said, I hit Muhammad Ali. Said it didn't phase him. Said he hit me with a counterpunch. He hit me so hard, he said, I saw my ancestors in Africa. <laughs> he said, I ain't never been hit like Muhammad Ali hit me. And so we're living in a world where we have to recognize that the devil, I like the way the book of Revelation says in chapter 12, it says, knowing his time is short. Did you know that? The devil has a limited time. His time is short. He comes down with all of his wrath. That's where we're living. We're living in the devil's short time where he's madder than he's ever been. And so he is opening all the stops. But I can promise you that God has got a counterpunch. This is not God's first rodeo. He's been here before. In the day of Noah, the Bible said the wicked of man, the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. And he repented the Lord that he made man on the earth and he grieved him in his heart. 
And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made him. But then in that same chapter, Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, is this little nugget. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The punch was the wickedness of man. The counterpunch was the grace of God. God's always got a counterpunch. I love these verses that talk about it. The Bible said that the enemy shall come in like a flood in Isaiah 59, 16 or 19. He said he'll come in like a flood. But here's the counterpunch. The Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I've come to tell somebody that's been punched by the devil this week that God's got a counterpunch coming. The punch is the enemy like a flood. The counterpunch is God lifting a standard. Joseph was put in that pit and sold to Egypt. And the Bible said that evil was against him. But Joseph said, but the Lord meant it for good. To bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. The punch was Joseph being kidnapped to Egypt. The counterpunch was Joseph being promoted. God always has a counterpunch. We're living in a time where we see so much wickedness. If you don't know the Word of God, if you haven't taken time to read how it turns out, you might be fearful. But if you know the Word of God, you're not fearful. You know you're on the right side. The three Hebrew children, because they would not bow to the enemy, were thrown in the fiery furnace. And the Bible said they were bound in their coats and their hose and their hats and their other garments and were cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. But then the Bible said, after they were there a while and supposedly burnt up, Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished. He rose up in haste after he looked in and he said, did we not cast three? He said, I see a fourth man and he is like the son of God. The punch was they threw him in the fire furnace. The counterpunch was the fourth man stood up. And when they delivered them from that fire furnace, not only were they not burned, the smell of smoke wasn't even on their clothes. You know how impossible that is? You know how it is when you're around somebody that smokes, your clothes smell. Not them. When they walked out. And so the punch was, we're going to destroy them. But the counterpunch, God promoted them, and they became rulers in Babylon. They threw Daniel in the lion's den because he prayed in a time when they said they couldn't pray to anybody but the king. I like what the Bible says about Daniel. It doesn't say that Daniel opened his windows and prayed. It said his windows already being opened toward Jerusalem prayed to God. Friend, I'm going to tell you there's some tough days ahead of us, but my question to you, are your windows already open? You're much successful in prayer if you don't just pray in crisis. I pray whether I have a need or not. I pray in good times and bad. 
I pray when the devil is attacking. I pray when the Lord is blessing. My windows are open toward Jerusalem. And so they threw him in that lion's den. And they said, that's the end of him. But when the king came back, he said, Daniel, are you still alive? He said, oh, king, I am still here. You know, God is quite a God when he can take away a appetite of a lion. You know, if he could do that, he could probably help us with our diet, you think? I hope you haven't noticed, but just to get ahead of the curve, I've gained 15 pounds in 60 days, Diana. God's going to have to stop the mouth of the lion here. Going to have to give up a few Twinkies, apparently. But if God can stop the appetite of the lion, the Bible said there's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil can keep you, the devil can try to devour you, but God can keep you from being devoured just like he did Daniel. But when they brought Daniel out of the lion's den, he was no longer a prisoner. But the king said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make you second in command only to me. And he put Daniel in charge. What the devil meant for, de for destruction was promotion. Why? Because God's always got a counterpunch. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I promise you this. If you'll hang around for God's counterpunch, you're going to be glad you did. Because God's going to turn it around. Let me hurry to a conclusion in the next few minutes just so you'll know where we are. You know, I hear a lot of doomsday preachers, and they say, well, my friend in Dallas asked a preacher, said, sir, how's your church doing? He said, no good. Nobody wants to live for the Lord anymore. I'd hate to have that mentality. There's a billion people that have not bowed. There's a billion people that have been in the lion's den and come out. There's a billion born-again Christians in the world today. And friend, we're not about to be defeated in Jesus' name. Amen. But the Bible said in 2 Thessalonians, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there shall come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That's the punch. There is an Antichrist spirit. <coughs> There's an Antichrist spirit in the world today. That's the reason why you see the pride prayed with men walking naked before children. We're living in Armageddon. We're living in a time of Sodom and Gomorrah. We're living in a time of perdition. Doesn't that just destroy your hope? No, not at all. I just realized that Satan's always got a punch. But I realize God's always got a counterpunch. So a lot of pastors said, Pastor, do you feel like you built too big? I know churches that are making their sanctuaries smaller. We're not making this smaller because we got a company coming. We got a revival coming. We've got a harvest we ain't seen yet. We've got a harvest that's going to cause people to stand in that foyer. I believe I'll live to see them getting chairs. We have 500 chairs that I, you said, well, did you built this big building? Not only that, I ordered 500 chairs. They're still in storage. We're going to get those chairs out and put them in the foyer one of these days. Say, so what about the great falling away? Oh, that's the punch. That's the punch. But listen to this. Listen to this. This is the counterpunch. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. 
I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh the last days. You see, if this is the great falling away, if this is the time of perdition, if this is the time of the Antichrist, it has to be the last days. And if it's the last days, the counterpunch is, he said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Some people are going to have problems with the daughters prophesying. I just love it. You know, we're, we're, we're fighting battles we shouldn't fight. Amen. The gentleman from California has preached sermons and you know, all kinds of things about against women preachers. The greatest, the greatest answer to him is, why did Jesus, why did Mary carry Jesus for nine months? And women can't carry him today. He was the word made flesh. When you preach, all you're doing is carrying the word. I got news for you. The counterpunch includes women. The Bible said in the last days, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Hey, kids, did you hear that? In the counterpunch, punch, you're going to be involved. Hey, Brother Dan, did you hear that? Old men shall dream dreams. We're going to be involved in the counterpunch. It's inclusive. You talk about inclusive. The greatest thing that we can see is the end time harvest is going to be inclusive to everybody. Said, oh, preacher, I'm glad I didn't build a big building. There's going to be a great falling away. But here's the counterpunch. And I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne unto the Lamb. There might be a great falling away. There's going to be people leaving. You know, the book of Acts started with 500 in the upper room. By the time the Holy Spirit fell, 380 had left. 120 remained. But then after that, when Peter preached, 3,000 got saved. So every time there's a punch, there's a counterpunch. Every time there's a leaving, there is an in-gathering. And there might be a great falling away, friend, but I promise you there is going to be an amazing, amazing harvest. Counterpunch? Oh, the Bible said the Holy Spirit is going to do things. The Spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and will show unto you things to come. And he will guide you into all truth. There's a revival of the Holy Spirit that the church has never seen, and it's at our doorstep. The Bible said in the last days there will be wars and rumors of wars. That's the punch of the devil. But here's the counterpunch. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. How many people know that lions and lambs don't lay? But God's going to change things. He's going to take away the hatred and the racism and the prejudice and the thing that divides. The lamb and the lion are going to lay down together. And a child is born. And of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And of peace, there will be no end. Wars and rumors of wars. That's the punch. But the Bible said there's coming a day where the increase of God's government shall be so strong that there shall be no end to peace. 
And the Bible said in that day, in that day, his banner over us will be love. You know, not only is there going to be a revival of the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be a revival of love. Have you ever seen hatred manifest like it's manifest today in our government and on our television by presidential candidates and by politicians and by actors and by famous people? Well, friend, that's going to end. That's the punch. But the Bible said that there's coming a day where the banner over us is going to be love. The Bible tells us of a real punch. Little children, it is the last time. We are in the last time. And as you have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even as now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. That's what 1 John 2 and 8 said. The Antichrist is walking among us right now. His spirit is everywhere. That's the punch. But here's the counterpunch. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And out of his mouth go a two-edged sword, that when it should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of God. And on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear bad news, stay where you are and watch what's going to happen because God's always got a counterpunch. Do bad things happen to you, Pastor, quite regularly, nearly every day? But I have learned to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord because the salvation of the Lord is always the counterpunch. When bad things happen to me, it means something greater is going to happen than I have ever seen. And there's some of you that have taken a real punch from the devil. But I can promise you this, God's got a counterpunch. And when the devil hits me with his best shot, what I do is come up praising God. And saying, I know in whom I have believed. And ladies and gentlemen, I am not discouraged by the news. I am not fearful of the culture because there is a God that sets high, but he looks low. There is a God that sets in the throne of heaven, but he has made the earth his footstool. There is a Lord that is on my side, and there is no weapon that is formed. It will be formed. I see weapons formed every day against me and the kingdom of God, but they shall not prosper because my God always has the last word. My God's last promise is always fulfilled. My God has always got the last laugh. The Bible said, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. God is going to laugh at the devil's greatest attempt to destroy this world and destroy his church. We are a victorious group of people. It's written by Christ and signed in his own blood that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There can't be a miracle without a mess. There can't be a solution without a promise. And friend, you might be facing the problem, but the solution is coming. You might be facing the mess, but the miracle is about to manifest. God is on your side. 
And if you can learn, no matter what is going on, to praise God. That's the reason why it's called the sacrifice of praise. When you're taking the punch, you praise God. Because you know that God is going to show up. Just as God was there for Joseph, he's here for me and my generation.